0: All right, all right, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 1, 1 Peter chapter number 1, and we'll, we will get started, we will get started. 1 Peter chapter 1, I want to welcome all those on, online, and uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, we may have to do more of this in the future, we don't know, uh, but here's what we'll do, we will adjust. Let me say it again, we will adjust. Uh, here's, what, here's what we don't need. We don't need any, and turn me up so I can hear, all right? I didn't have my hearing aids in, so y'all might get blasted out there, but I want to hear me, all right? Uh, We don't need any extremes, okay? We don't need any extremes. You say, what do you mean by extremes? We don't need any extreme on that side, and we don't need any extreme on this side. Let me explain. We don't need any extreme saying this is the end of the world. We don't need to lose our mind. This is not the end of the world. Life will go on. We will get through this. We will get through this, all right? Uh, we, don't need, uh, we don't need doomsdayers. But then on the other hand, we don't need people who are blaming the government, blaming conspiracy theories. This is nothing. This is th- Listen, we got to have common sense. We don't need extremes on either side. We're going to take precautions. We're going to do whatever we have to do. And we will adjust. We will adjust. We will do whatever we have to do to keep on keeping on. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. So that's what we're going to do. All right. 1 Peter chapter number 1 in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit under obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, Grace unto you and peace peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people say it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively what? Hope. Hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To and... Inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and the fadeth not arrayed, reserved in heaven for you. Who are yeah. kept, say that word again, who are yeah. kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Though now for a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now let's read verse 7 one more time and we'll pray. Let's all read in concert. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we are thankful and we are grateful for what you have done for us. Lord, we're thankful for the salvation that you've provided. We're thankful for the security that you've provided. Lord, we're thankful for all that you do for us, what you've done for us, what you're doing for us, and what you're gonna do for us. Now, Lord, I need you. I need your anointing. I need the Holy Spirit to touch my heart and my mind. And Lord, I believe I have the word. I believe I have uh, the message for the hour. But God, I need the unction to deliver it. Lord, don't let me forget anything I need to say, and don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. I pray that your perfect will be done. Encourage your people, comfort your people, strengthen their faith today, help them understand that you are God. And there is none other. You were God before this took place. You'll be God during it. And Lord, you'll be God way after it's over. You have not abdicated your throne. You are still on the throne. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let me kind of set up this, this, this message Uh, let me, let me set up this letter, if you will, uh, and understand who he's writing to, and this will give us a better understanding of the encouragement that he gives us. Uh, he, he says to the strangers, to the strangers that are scattered abroad. And it's basically around modern day Turkey, around the Mediterranean there. And so who is he talking to? He's talking to a group of people who have been scattered. Now we know, if you've been coming to Wednesday night Bible study, uh, you know that, that Christians began there in Jerusalem and then expanded out at the persecution of Saul. They were scattered abroad. They ran for their lives. But when they ran for their lives, they went all around the Mediterranean and they took the gospel with them and they started seeing people saved. Because when they left, they left preaching the word. Say Amen. And so we have churches that have, uh, uh, they have blown up and scattered all over, all over the Mediterranean, and now these are strangers. What does that mean? They were aliens. They were not in their hometowns, in their home countries, and, and, and they were going through great difficulty, great difficulty. Now, you can imagine how difficult it would be if you're living in a foreign country, in a foreign land. And uh, you, have different, you have different cultures, you have, you have different habits, you have different traditions. So they were struggling with all of these things. Uh, all through the letter, you'll find that, that he is addressing the different things. They're struggling because they're, they are Christians and they are being persecuted and they are being attacked. And they're going through great, great difficulty. So he's writing the letter to encourage this specific group of people. If you're with me, say Amen now. But there's something even greater. There's something even bigger. Yes, they are struggling because they're different. Yes, they are struggling because their culture is different. Yes, they are struggling because their persecution of who they are and what the the, the standards that they have. They live different than everybody else. But what Paul or excuse me, Peter says in chapter number four, he says there's something bigger coming. Coming. There's something bigger coming. He said in the end of the letter, he said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. In other words, he's saying that you're having a bad time now. You're having a difficult time now. But there's something bigger that's on its way. And you say, what was that? We know because of history and by study, we know that this is the great persecution of Rome. It began with Nero. Nero had Paul killed, Nero had Peter killed. And Peter, we believe, was in Rome at the time of this writing. And he sees it coming. God reveals to him what is on the horizon and what is coming their way. And he is trying to warn them. He is trying to encourage them to be ready and to see, listen, there is something big on the horizon. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians were persecuted, was tortured, was killed, was murdered and martyred throughout this persecution from the different uh, Caesars of Rome. This was a big deal. This was going to be a fiery trial. This was going to be something of such great magnitude that God specifically spoke about it and said, you need to be ready and don't be shocked when it happens. Now, here's the thing. Say, so what has this got to do? Now, we all know what we're talking about. Let's just get the elephant out of the room. That's COVID-19. We know about this, this virus. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, before we even go into any of this, this is what you need to know. We don't know what it's gonna do. We don't know what it's gonna do. We don't know if it's gonna level out and go away. We don't know, we don't know. We, We could have the worst case scenario or we could have over here where it ends up being hardly anything at all. We just don't know. But this we do know. We know who does know. Are y'all with me? And this is what we have our confidence in. And Peter is addressing people who are fixing to, now here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't know how bad this is going to get. I'm just going to lay this out here for everybody. I don't know how bad this is going to get. Now in this letter, Peter did. He knew how bad it was going to be. He knew that this was going to be a severe, severe, severe trial. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And so he is addressing, he is addressing like it's going to be the worst case scenario because it was in this situation. So this is how we're going to address this. This is how we're going to address this. We're going to address it as, is it, as if it is the worst case scenario. Now, I pray that it won't be. And I pray that God will intervene and move in this situation, and but we're going to address it like it is. What if it is? What if it is? What do we do? As Christians, what do we do? As God's children, what do we do? Ladies and gentlemen, we don't react as those who don't know God. Are y'all with me? Now, so Peter is addressing this and the first thing he does, I, I, I love this. I love this in this letter. Before he begins to tell them about the trial, before he begins to encourage them, he just breaks out in worship. He just breaks out in a doxology of praise in the very beginning of his letter. He said, blessed be God. Now let's try to everybody say that. Before we ever worry about what's in our life, we need to understand no matter what comes, whether there's rain or whether there's sunshine, whether there's storms or whether it's good or whether it's bad, he is God. He is God on the platform. He's God way back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor. Say amen. He's God when the sun is shining. He's God when the lightning's flashing. He's God when the thunder rolls. Are y'all with me? It doesn't matter. He is God. And before we have encouragement, before we get instructions, before we have understanding about this trial, he gives us some reasons to rejoice. Say amen. Look what he says. Look what he says in verse number, I believe it's verse number three. If you're there, say amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are who are. Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein, wherein, that's the key, wherein, in other words, everything I just told you, everything I just shared with you, wherein ye greatly, say it with me, ye greatly, what did he do? He gave them reasons to rejoice, do y'all see that? He said, before I ever even tell you about the trial coming up, I need you to understand that you have reason to rejoice. You have reason to praise God. You have reason to worship. As the song that Trina sang a while ago, in my bad time, even when I'm going through a difficult thing, I will lift my hands and worship you again. Say amen. Amen. What reasons, preacher? What reasons? Three words I find in those verses. Three words. The first word is hope. Hope. Say it with me. Say it with me. Hope. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest things that I received when I got saved was hope. Was hope. Are y'all with me? Hope is an expectation, an expectation, an anticipation, knowing that something good is going to happen. Listen, we've we've been doing funerals like crazy lately. I mean like crazy. I think we're up to 20 or more just in this year alone. And there have been times when I have stood at a casket or stood with a grieving family and I was able to tell them this is not Goodbye. This is not the end. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that I will see my brother again. I will see my sister in Christ again. One day there's gonna be a reunion because I have hope in Christ that when he comes, he's bringing them with him. We don't live without hope. We live in hope. We're not going into this thing hopeless. We're going into this thing knowing God's in control. There's nothing like hope. And I want to talk more about it, but I got too much to say. So are you glad? Can you rejoice with me that God has given us hope? Yes, hope. Not only hope, not only hope, but what else do we see? What else do we see? What is the other thing he told us? He has not only begotten us to a lively hope, a living hope, a real hope, but to, verse four, to an inheritance. That's the second word. That's the second word. I've got something waiting on me. What if the economy tanks and what if I lose everything? Well, you haven't lost everything. You You haven't lost everything. Because the day you got saved, you received an inheritance that is reserved in heaven for you. I love the song that I sang when I was a kid in church. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I have not laid my treasures up down here. My treasures are on the other side. I have an inheritance that the devil can't touch it. A virus can't reach it. The economy can't affect it. I have an inheritance promise to me, my God. Oh, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Yeah. Listen, we got reasons to rejoice. Let's not freak out. I've got hope. And I've got an inheritance waiting on me. Don't threaten me with heaven. An inheritance. But this is the biggie. This is the biggie. This is where you need to get this one. You need to get this one. Look at this next verse. He says, "Woo, we got a lively hope. Woo, we got an inheritance reserved in heaven. This is what you need to know about you. This is what you need to know about you. Who are kept? Who are kept? That word means hemmed in. Hemmed in, protected. To guard as a sentinel. What's it saying? I'm protected. I'm hemmed in. God has got me. I'm sealed until the day of redemption. Are y'all with me? What is he saying? You're kept not not by my ability, not by my intellect, but by the power of God. The same power that killed a giant with a little lad, The same power that split the Red Sea. The same power that gave millions of people food in the wilderness. The same power that brought water out of a rock, quail, and manna from heaven. The same power that brought Jesus out of the ground is protecting me. You're kept. You're kept. Say it with me. I am kept kept. by the power of God. God. So you know what he says there? Wherein greatly rejoice. Rejoice because you have hope. Rejoice because you have an inheritance waiting on you. Rejoice. Rejoice because you need to understand you're kept by the power of God. And nothing can happen to you without his permission and without his authority. You know what? We could pray and go home right there. But we're not. Because there's something about this trial you need to know. But I'm telling you what, that encouragement right there, that should set our mind at ease that we're kept by the power of God. No matter what. Does that mean, does that, listen, just we're kept by the power of God. And all God's people see it. Number two. What was number one? Tell me that back. Everybody say it. Reasons to rejoice. Number two, I want you to look at realities. Realities to remember. Now, I love spitting and shouting and hollering. I probably shouldn't be doing that at the moment. But I'm way away from you, so I'm keeping my social distance. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even with all that stuff, there's a reality of what's out there. Okay? Now, I'm all for it, and I'm all for shouting, but I'm not, I'm not so heavenly-minded, I'm no earthly good. And what that means is, God gives you hope, and God gives you promises, and God gives you encouragement, but he also gives you common sense. Well, what, where do you get that in the Bible? Did, did, did the devil not try to get Jesus to cast himself off of a... Are y'all with me? You remember that? And, and he said don't the word doesn't the Bible say that, that, that his angels won't let you dash your foot against a stone but what did he say it is also written thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God listen what does that mean it means this it means this just because you're kept by the power of God don't tempt God by doing foolish things it means you trust God and wash your stinking hands are y'all with me why? Because there's a reality out here. Peter says this. Peter says this. Man, we have hope. Boy, we have an inheritance waiting on us. Woo! We have a power that's keeping us by God. Amen. And we're going to rejoice in that, though. Though. Now for a season. Now he goes into the reality of the situation. Are y'all with me? Say amen. What is the reality? There's a fiery trial. There's a fiery trial that's coming. There's a fiery trial that's coming. There's a difficult situation fixing to take place. And now, let's talk about that. What are the realities? Look at these two verses. Look at the realities. Verse number five. Excuse me. Verse six. Verse six. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Wherein ye greatly rejoice... Though now for a season. What's the next three words? Be, Say it again. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Manifold temptations. There's here's three things about this trial I want you to see. First, the demand of this trial. If need be. The demand of this trial. What do you mean? If we are going through the trial, we need the trial. God will never allow his children to go through an experience without a purpose for the experience. Now understand this. Understand this. When we use the word trial, let's make sure we're all on the same page about what we're meaning, okay? A trial is a bad situation, okay? A trial is a difficult situation. And we'll, in the next point, we'll understand more about that. But it is something that's it's greatly, greatly difficult. It's very, very painful. It's a hard, hard situation. If you're there with me, say amen. Now, we've got to understand this. It says, if need be. In other words, Peter is saying, if you didn't need it, you wouldn't get it. But if we go through it, then we, we need it. Now, there's a lot of preaching that can be done right there. But we're just going to put this here. There are, several things, there are several things that God uses trials for. But you can basically put them in two different categories. And so that's what we're going to try to do to save some time. There are trials, difficulties, storms that we'll go through. On one side, they're there to discipline us. Say it with me. They're there to... Come on, everybody say it with me. They are are there too. The greatest example I can tell you is the storm that Jonah went through. How many of y'all remember Jonah? One that got swallowed by the fish, right? He He went and he was running from God. He was rebelling from God. He was rebelling from God and because of his rebellion, God sent a storm, a difficult situation because he was getting his attention. Now, what do you what do you think about what do you think about this virus? I think it's gonna get a lot of people's attention. Because it's causing people to pray that hadn't prayed in a long time. It's causing people to seek God who hadn't sought God in a long time. It's doing the same thing that 9 11 did. Preacher, you said to me that, that that God would allow this to happen to discipline people? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It could. It could. But God also uses trials not to discipline us, but to develop us. Say it with me to, to develop us, to make us stronger. How many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, no pain, no gain? No gain. You see, the greatest example of that is with the, 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 the disciples in the boat with Jesus. Y'all remember when they went through the storm and he's asleep in the boat? And they go through a very, very difficult time to the point they thought God didn't care. They come to Jesus and said, carest thou not that we pray? We're going to die. They were fearful for their life. But what did God do? He used that to develop their faith. And to develop a reverence and an awe for him. And to see him. Now watch this. They got to see God, Jesus, like they'd never seen him before. You know what? They said this. What manner of man is this? They'd have never been able to see Jesus like they saw him without the storm, without the trial. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So what are we doing right now? We're looking at COVID-19. We need it. We need it. Well, how do you know we need it? Because we're going through it. So if we're going through it, if we're experiencing it, if we're facing it, if we're dealing with it, then God allowed it. So therefore, we need it. It's necessary. He said, though now for a season, if, come on, if need be. Now watch this. We not only see the demand for the trial, but the difficulty of this trial. He says this. He says, hath begotten, excuse me, verse number six. If need be, ye are in, what's that word? Heaviness through manifold temptation. Now manifold means various colored or various different uh, multiplied difficulties. Temptations here is not a temptation necessarily to sin as much as it is a trial of your life, a hardship, a trouble, a struggle, a tragedy, a difficult. Are y'all with me? Now, now, the word heaviness. Now, the word heaviness here. It is the same exact word that's used with Jesus when he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. Are y'all, are y'all remember? Now, let me, let me read the verse and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. <clears throat> the Bible says in Matthew 26, 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very... Heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. This was most likely one of the most difficult times in the Lord Jesus' life. He is praying about what's fixing to happen in the near future. He is fixing to be arrested. He is fixing to be crucified. He's fixing to be killed. And he is praying in the garden and the most significant thing is fixing to take the sin of the world upon himself. And his prayer is so intense. He is praying. He is in such sorrow. He is in such agony. He is in such pain over what is taking place that he he is praying so intensely that as he begins to sweat, his sweat becomes as great drops of blood. It is that intense It is that difficult. It is, are y'all with me? That's the same word. It's the same word that Peter uses in this letter. He said, you're going to go through something very difficult. Now, we have a ton of false preaching and false teaching who has set up people for failure today. Jesus never promised prosperity. He's never promised health and wealth. Almost the exact opposite. He said, in this world, ye shall have tribulation. But he follows that with a promise. He said, but I have overcome the world. You're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through difficulty. You're going to face sickness, and you're going to face suffering. As I have suffered, you're going to suffer. You're going to face difficult times in this world, but never fret and never fear, because I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Somebody say amen. Amen. But because of ignorant preaching and foolish false teaching, people have this idea that if you come to God that their life is going to be rosy and, and, and great and wonderful and everything's going to be fine and everybody's going to be well and we're going to have money in the bank and drive a good car and all our kids are going to act right. You should have known by now that's not the truth. <laughs> Amen? So that, watch this, so that when this does happen, And we do have to face a trial. And we do have to face something of great magnitude. There are so many people that's going to be so blindsided. And they're going to lose their faith. What's Peter saying? This is going to be bad. I'm just telling you. This is going to be bad. It's going to be painful. You're going to be in heaviness. Through the trials you're fixing to face and what you're fixing to go through. But then watch what he follows it up. Listen. He said, Now, if need be, watch this, watch this. I love this. If need be, we're see where are we at here. And it, it says, verse six, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a that's the duration of this trial. The duration of this trial. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. No trial lasts forever. No trial lasts forever. The psalmist said this. Yea, though I walk, not to, not to. I'm not walking to the valley. I'm walking. Look at your neighbor and say, We're going through this. We're not going to it, we're going through it. The psalmist had confidence that we're going to come out on the other end. Listen, Paul said it this way. Paul said it this way in the verse. I love this, 2 Corinthians four seventeen. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I know what you're thinking. Well, if it was a light affliction, hold on. Let me tell you what he's calling a light affliction. Beaten with rods multiple times. Stoned, stoned to the point that they thought he was dead. Shipwreck, hunger, cold, losing everything. Everybody criticizing him and out to kill him. Perils of robbers, perils of water, perils of his own countrymen, that light affliction. He said, but let me tell you about all that. It's just temporary. It's just temporary. Matter of fact, it's going to work greater on our behalf than it did to tear us down. It's kind of like, it's kind of like what Joseph said to his brethren. Now you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Now the devil means all this for evil. The devil wants to destroy. He is, listen, he's the thief. He's the robber, right? The thief cometh, but to steal, kill and destroy. Y'all with me? He he wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your your, your faith and confidence in God. He wants to destroy lies. And he is meaning this for evil. But let me tell you something. God is going to use this for good. It's it's, it's temporary. Preacher, what what about this virus? It's temporary. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. We may get skinned up, we may get bloodied, we may get battered, we may get bruised, but we're, go- we're not going to it, we're going through it. This is not the end of the world. This is a fiery trial which is to try us. And this is the most important part of the whole message. This is the most important part of the whole message. Number three, the results, the results what comes out of this? What comes out of this? <clears throat> look in verse number. Look in verse number seven. Now, now, now let me, Before we do, I, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Before we go any further, he he says. He says. Listen, this trial, this fiery trial, this great. Dip, it's going to be. What does he say? It's needed. It's going to be very painful. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard. I'm just telling you right now, it's going to be hard. Are y'all with me? It's kind of like them honest nurses. Them honest nurses. Now, they some nurses lie to you. This is just going to be a prick. And they stick a PVC pipe in you this big. Are y'all with me? I love the nurses that are honest and say, let me just tell you something. This is going to be tough. Now you can be ready. But when you think it's going to be a butterfly and it's a wasp the size of a grapefruit, y'all with me? He's telling them, listen, it's going to be tough. You're in heaviness. This is going to be difficult. But he says, but hey, it's temporary. Though now for a season. And let me say this, let me say this. Do you realize life is temporary? Yep. Life is temporary. You know what I think God is doing with a lot of this? And I'm talking about with Christians. Remember that song I, 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 I read to you all ago? This world is not my home. I'm just. I think there's way too many Christians that forgot that. They forgot that this, is, this life is temporary. I think, I think we've gotten so comfortable with this world, so comfortable with this life that we forget that there's a life to come. How many, of y'all, how many of y'all remember dad teaching about the eagles and how, how the mama eagle, she'll have, she'll have that nest and it's got rabbit fur and all kind of stuff. Makes it real plush and soft and comfy for them, them eaglets. And, but when it's time for them eagles to fly, they don't want to leave the nest because it's comfortable. So she'll start removing that fur and she'll start removing that plush stuff to make those sticks pop up through and make it very uncomfortable. You know what God's doing? He's making it uncomfortable because our focus is so much on this world. Do you, have you noticed, have you noticed how fragile everything really is? Y'all with me? Hey, all I know is this a good thing. This is not a a viral something for the other side. You know, we don't have toilet paper. Y'all with me? Y'all get it in a minute. People have lost their minds. Now think about this. What do you think is going to happen when the rapture takes place? This showed me that we're not really in control of anything. Man thinks that they are something that they have knowledge and and intellect and wisdom and they think they've got control and God is just looking like, you've got to be kidding. We can't even find toilet paper. How are we going to control the ozone? And let me tell you, this is a drop in the bucket to what God could do. We need to get us back where we belong and him back where he belongs. He is God. He is the creator. We are the creature. He's the shepherd. We're just the sheep. Amen. Listen, what is this thing going to do? I said on the little video I posted that there's a purpose for every trial. What's the purpose for this trial? What's the purpose for this fiery trial? What's it going to accomplish Two things. Look at verse 7. You there say amen. Amen. That the trial, the testing, the proving of your faith, which he says is more precious than gold. Your faith is more precious than gold. The testing of your faith is so important. Why is this? Why is this? Because a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. What happens in a trial, your, watch this now, everybody give me, this is the message right here, guys, this is the message, this is why it's so important. Why would God allow us to face this? Why would God allow COVID-19 to come to our shores? Why would God do this? Here's the thing, because when we go through a trial, and that trial is intense, and that trial is difficult, it proves our faith. Watch this, on both ends, it proves genuine faith, and it proves no faith. Well, I tell you what, I just lost my faith. No, you never had it. Let me prove it. Watch, watch. Now, y'all know, if y'all been here the last few weeks, we've been talking about the sower and the seed, right? Y'all remember last week? Now, watch. Watch one of these soils. Watch one of these soils that the seed fell in. Matthew 13, 3 says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow Some fell on stony places wherein they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Now, watch this. And when the sun, which we'll know in a minute, a trial, when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and they withered away. Matthew 13, 18 gives us the definition of this. He says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. It says, he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when? Come on, for when? Or, tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is. Let me, let me tell you what that means. There will be people all over the house of God. And they're religious. And they've made professions of faith. But it wasn't genuine. It wasn't real. It was religion and not a relationship with Christ. And then all hell breaks loose. And because they didn't have genuine faith, because of the tribulation, because of the persecution, watch this, because of the trial. They're scorched. And they can't take it. And they leave, they walk away from their faith. And you know what it did? You know what the trial did? The trial didn't take away their faith. The trial only proved what kind of faith they had. Now let me say something really important. Especially for all you listening on the internet, because I know there's lost people and unchurched people that's watching right now. If you are losing your mind over this trial and you you have lost faith in God, it only proves you never had it to begin with. What What does the fire do to gold? It purifies it. It shows what's real and what's not. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you are freaking out to the point you're losing your mind, you may want to check up to see whether yours is genuine or not. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about realistic concern. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, that type of issues. Because I'm concerned for our elderly. I'm concerned for those that are going to be at high risk. I'm talking about that you just think the world's coming to an end and that there's no... All this does is prove genuine faith. Why should we thank God for the trial? Because when you, when you see, this is the next thing, this is the next thing, write this down, write this down. What does, the, what does the trial do? Faith is proved, then, B, faith is perfected. Faith is perfected. Look what he says in chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while—in other words, after you've gone through the trial, after you've gone through the difficulty—make you perfect. That means that means uh, mature, develop, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. What does he say in Job? <laughs> Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he does work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see. What is he saying? Everywhere I turn, I can't find God anywhere in my situation. Now, we all know Job, and we all know he was going through hell on earth. There's no man that's probably ever experienced as much of a big trial as Job And he says, Everywhere I turn, I can't find God. I'm looking for God everywhere. I don't know where God is. But watch what he says. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know what he's saying? In my trial, I can't find him. I look forward, I look backwards, I look to my left and I look to my right and it seems that I don't know where God is but I have confidence and I have assurance that even though I don't know where he is, bless God, he knows where I am. And he's, listen, he has got me in this trial for a reason. He has got a purpose for all the hell I'm going through. And ladies and gentlemen, when God gets through with me, I'm going to come forth as gold. What's this trial going to do? It's going to prove whether our faith is genuine. But not only that, it's going to make our faith stronger. It's going to make our faith stronger. Y'all remember when I told you he was developing those disciples with that first storm? They was freaking out. Oh, we're going to die. Don't you care that we're not? Peace be still. What manner of man is this? What some of you may not know is that wasn't the only storm they ever went through. They go through another one later on. You know what's great about that? You don't find them freaking out again. Matter of fact, Jesus was with them in the first one. But he was absent in the second one. That's right. But the storm itself, it, it, didn't, it didn't spook them. You know why? Because they graduated. Their faith was strengthened from the first trial. Now, two things is going to happen. Out of this trial, out of this COVID-19, let me tell you what's going to happen to to thousands of people in our country. Their faith is going to be proven whether it's genuine or not and some are going to get saved. But then the rest of us who have genuine, true faith, we're going to be strengthened. So no matter what, God is in control. Would would y'all like to... Remember with me Romans 8:28. For all what? All what? All. all things work together, together for good. Now let's quote it this way. For coronavirus Come on people. COVID-19, do you prefer that? For COVID-19 works for our good. By the power of God, God. it's going to work for our good. Watch this. Watch this. For all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? Don't forget verse 29. In whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. You know what's going to happen on the other end of this? We're going to be more like Jesus. We're going to be more compassionate like Jesus. We're going to love more like Jesus. We're going to see people more like Jesus. What are we going to do? We may have to buy food for people. We may have to run errands for people. We may have to support the elderly better than we do now. We're going to be more like Jesus. We may have to adjust. We may have to have church at home. What a novel idea. House churches. Hmm. We, we may have to meet in smaller, in, in smaller congregations. Well, what do we have to do that, preacher? We just do it. Now, if you've been coming to the temple any amount of time at all, you know we're not afraid to adjust. We adjust sometimes just to stay in practice. We're not afraid to change. Preacher, what are you really going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm not, I'm not worried about next week. The only thing I'm worried about right now is what Tammy's fixing for lunch. <laughs> that's my greatest fear right now. What is that going to be? I know some of you are thinking, well, that's, you just, no, no, no. Why take, why take he thought for tomorrow? You know what he's saying in that verse? Let me translate. He said, tomorrow's got enough problems. You just worry about today. Just take it one day at a time. See, God gives you enough grace for Sunday. Today, right now. He gives you enough grace for today. But some of y'all are working on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and you don't have no grace for that. And you know what you're doing? You're losing your mind. Because you're using Sunday's grace for all week. Knock it off. Why shouldn't I worry about Wednesday? Because he could come back for us tonight. And then we'll let, anyway, I'm not going to go there. We'll let somebody else have it after the rapture. Amen. They can have this building and the mortgage and everything, because I'll be in my inheritance that's reserved for me. Let's do, come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did he start with? Worship. Reasons to rejoice. Hope and inheritance, and we are kept. A provision, a guarantee that we're kept by the power of God. Now, what's the reality? This thing could get bad. This thing could get, I don't know. Now, Peter did. He knew that it was going to be a sure enough fire. It was going to be the worst case scenario for these Christians. Now, we don't know. It might be. But we do know this. Even if it does, it's still temporary. It's for a season. And we will get through. Say it with me. We will, we will get through. Now, we need to understand. Why would God allow this? I'll tell you why God allowed this to happen. He's proving your faith. Is it genuine? Because if it's not, it can be. See, one of two things is going to happen to everybody in here, as we said. You're either going to get saved or you're going to get stronger. One of the two things. That's what a trial is for. That's what a trial is for. If we're going through it, we need it. If come on, everybody. All right. Amen? Let's make it happen. Take it one day at a time. Take precautions. Do what we're told. Trust people that are smarter than we are. This doctors and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Let's, let's do what we're supposed to do. And trust God with the rest. We're going to trust God with everything. But see, he's given doctors the wisdom and the knowledge and the technology to help us. So let's not be ignorant and let 's use common sense and do what we need to do, and all God 's people said let 's stand let 's stand. Nobody's coming to the altar, you can pray right where you are, but I think we need to do this. I think we need to pray for our leaders without a doubt. we need to pray for our leaders now if you if you need to be saved, if you need to be saved we're going to have people up here <clears throat> we're going to have people up here at the end of the service and uh at the at the end of the invitation we're just going to sing a song we're